In short, I will not miss Paul Pogba. I'm sure Paul Pogba won't miss United either. Finland are still a second seed. I think we're, we're a better team than Finland. I wouldn't fear them at all coming here. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Sophie Becker is with us in the studio as well. Johnny was just trying to pry some information out of you there about how the student bar in DCU currently is. You don't know, obviously, because you're an elite athlete. I've never stepped inside it in my life. My fingers are crossed when I say that. Well, your entire university experience is probably COVID-based, is it? No, um, I got first, second and third year and then my fourth year and I kind of, I split my fourth year over two years for athletics. So my fourth year 1.0 and my fourth year 2.0 were um, COVID-based. But but I still got like a university experience. Uh, A lot of conversations that we have with Irish athletes involves a decision between either staying in Ireland or going to the United States. It does feel that there's a generation of young Irish athletes coming through at the moment that have decided to stay put here because some of those university programmes are that good and uh, the athletic programmes organised nationally are are that good. Is that the truth? Is that what's happening at the moment? Yeah, like I think obviously some people they have it in their head from a young age they want to go abroad and there's no there's no change in that but I think like I I suppose I wasn't good enough at the time so I didn't really have a choice I, I decided to stay in Ireland and but I think like DCU where I went to college UL like there's a lot of sporting universities that are really focusing on athletics in particular like we had I think the varsities were on there a few weeks ago and like you can see people the universities are investing into them there's good programs there's scholarships academic health or academic help um, physio help and I think like they're kind of focusing and seeing we want to keep people in Ireland because I think once if you can keep the athlete in Ireland like it's yeah I think it's really good to try grow the athlete in Ireland Yeah because you're nurturing them for the national team or for, for whatever it may be there's there's a sense of a lack of control when, when they go abroad yeah look some people are able to they navigate their way through it no bother but I think you do see some athletes coming home like injured and a bit kind of broken maybe that's obviously not saying everybody but you have heard different athletes speak about that because the American system obviously I'm speaking from zero experience in it mm-hmm. but from what I hear like it's you keep churning different athletes out they have so much choice and yeah if you get injured you might fall by the wayside what do you mean that uh, you weren't good enough to shout to the States? Because somebody who has uh, represented Ireland at the Olympic Games uh, doesn't strike me as somebody who's not good enough to get that shout. <laughs> well, believe it or not, I can't look, I was a good junior athlete. Um, I made, I got some national medals, but I never made it to like European juniors or world juniors. Um, but then when I moved to DCU for college, I changed training group and I met my current coach, Jeremy and Jared O'Donnell. And um, since then, I suppose just having access to like a track and just a more maybe structured training plan, I finally kind of got the opportunity to blossom, I suppose. And um, yeah, I got my first international cap then at 21, which I suppose might be a bit on the later side for other athletes. You know, they've been getting it since they were 16, 17, but I feel like it hasn't really impacted me. You know, like I said, I made it to the Olympics. So, um, yeah, no. So a bit of a late bloomer, but I think it's worked in my favour. So, like, does is is that normal then? Or is, like, is the, is the coaching that important that you change your, your style of coaching or whatever? Is that, like, is that what you put it mainly down to? Yeah, look, I suppose... The training that I had back home, it was very... My coach at the time, he did a great job, Mm. but like, you know, I was training on just a grass 
patch I was only training like maybe once or twice a week like just I went from baby from kind of like uh, you know a decent enough setup to a more high performance setup just like a more structured training and like um, endurance work which I'd never done beforehand you know I saw myself as a sprinter all I'm going to do is sprint whereas to be a 400 metre runner you have to do a lot more than just sprinting you know there's a lot of like gym work and endurance work in it so what does the endurance work entail then um, a lot of pain a lot of tears uh, so that's usually in the winter time we do kind of 400s 500s and 600s um, yeah we, the session could be 600 500 400 300 200 and diff- different kind of alternations of that really yeah mm. when did that start when did that realisation that insur- insurance was going to be one of the more important parts of your training start yeah, probably when I was in first year of college, I finally, I met endurance for the first time that yeah, winter endurance season. Endurance in college in first year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, when I, that's when I met at first, so um, yeah. Um, that transformation, so is it like a, a situation where like before that, it's like I'm just relying to a certain degree on talents and speed and, and that's it. Did you, did you notice yourself that maybe that element was missing or did it take somebody to pull you aside and say, listen, this this is the missing part? Yeah, no, I think I was just going along, you know, I was just happy to be there, happy to be running. And I think it just, yeah, over time I was obviously doing the training I wasn't really asking much questions Jeremy my coach was just saying this is the training and I was doing it and over time I was seeing I was improving so I think it was then I realised okay yes there is other elements than just sprinting that go into um, making a good athlete and even just stuff like I was living with other athletes like like-minded people you pick up different nutrition tips sleep tips just stuff like that and being in an environment I suppose with people who are the same as you Anybody who would have seen the uh, 400 metres at the national championships last week would have seen that the the end of that race was was pretty interesting. Like yourself versus Phil Healy going down the home stretch. That's where the training comes in, right? Like, I mean, uh, that that is the part where I presume you go to that dark place to try and get yourself over the line. Yeah, no, any any 400 metre athletes know that's a very, very dark place. Like the the lactic that I had in my legs coming off that home straight, I thought I was going to fall over. Like really? it was, yeah, and the pain afterwards. I don't think that was shown on TV, but I was just keeled over on the ground, rolling around with lactic in pain. But no, it's it's part of it. But yeah, I think that's like um, the end of my race, as you said, um, I literally had to dig very deep for that. And that's something that I've only kind of discovered this year is the strength in my last 50 metres, whereas beforehand I would have maybe died off a bit kind of at 300 metres but um, yeah I've kind of developed my speed endurance which I'm glad because it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. The reason you're in studios because the Morton Games are happening this weekend in Santry. Anybody who can get to it absolutely should. It's one of the, the best events in the Irish sporting calendar. Is it going to be yourself against Phil again this weekend? No, no. so unfortunately Phil isn't doing Morton Games right. but there's other international athletes coming over who are around the same time as me yeah. so I'm sure it'll still be a, a very intense race and hopefully there'll be a full crowd there as well. So what is your preparation going into a weekend like this then? Yeah, so um, I don't usually start off a race weekend with an interview, so this is a <laughs> this is a first. Normally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, I will do a shakeout as I call it later on today, just kind of a general warm-up just to get my body moving and stretch out and stuff like that. So that'll probably take about half an hour, 40 minutes and then I'll just go home and take it 
pretty chill, you know, nothing. I won't do anything too crazy today. Just try and rest up. And then tomorrow then it's race day. So my race isn't until 8pm. So I think it starts at 6pm and it runs over two hours. So my race is at 8pm. And um, sorry, it starts at seven. I'm wrong. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so my race is at eight. So I'll, it'll be a slow, a slow morning. Um, take my time, and um, yeah, I'll head down to the track then around uh, probably six o'clock to start my warm up and preparation. And yeah, we'll just go from there. The, 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 how do you become a 400 meter runner? Like, so that it's it's obviously very in the, in the middle. Like, so it's like you you must have you need, need, almost need to have every trait, I guess. Like. Yeah, I think it kind of chooses you, <laughs> to okay. be honest. Yeah, like I started off as a 100 and 200 metre sprinter, um, but I just wasn't quite fast enough for that. But I like the speed, like I hate anything long distance. Like okay. if, any, if you ask anybody, I complain if I have to jog for five minutes. Like I, <laughs> I know I'm a runner, but I'm not really is a runner. A thing or is it? <laughs> no, it is, definitely. Yeah. I just get so distracted. Attention like. span and whatever, yeah. 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 So yeah, I think like I wasn't fast enough for the 100 and 200. So the next step is 400. And thankfully, like I've just built up my base my strength over the last few years and I've ended up being a 400 metre runner but some athletes might come down from like 800 with the endurance and like might work on their speed then to become a 400 metre runner so it's really in the middle you can be more sprint based or endurance based and how like so how do your sectionals work in a 400 metre race then like so what are you doing at the end yeah like so 100, 200, 300 what are you doing at the end like then yeah so you're going through that pain barrier like yeah (laughs) that's kind of the mental part to be honest Mm -hmm. like you just have to keep pushing I work with a sports psychologist and that's something that we've really worked on because I knew it was like a weakness of mine was the last 100 metres wow Um, yeah so like the first 100 you're kind of you only really feel the pain I do anyway at 300 and that's when you really kind of I think it's mind over matter at that stage what Mm. are you thinking of in those moments what keeps you going Uh, well at the weekend I was just thinking don't fall over that was literally what was going through my head but um, look I've I have this was, that was my second national title but it was my first time ever running against Phil like at that that level like that so I suppose I really wanted to I wanted the gold you know that's what kind of kept me going I wanted a national title to my name it's a pretty good motivation I, I yeah. think when you see like the Tour de France start today as well that's so true of like the a lot of races are won just by sheer like it's men- mental it's just like there's so much like I don't know if you follow cycling but they go through torture like as you can imagine you yeah. know? so it's like that the the psych- the, the sports um, chat stuff is interesting for me that you thought that would help like and be beneficial to have somebody talk to you and help you in that regard yeah like I started working with um, Jesse my sports psychologist about two years ago I just mm. was really kind of struggling with confidence Jesse Barr Barr, exactly Mm. yeah I was struggling with confidence and just like a bit of self-belief coming up to races and like that would nearly like over like take over me and I wouldn't race well and yeah started working with her about two years ago and I really think this year it's really all just come into motion like I just finally have like a bit of I think it's the self-belief that's kind of getting me over the line and just like the confidence that um I can get there um like say I broke the 52 second barrier there a few weeks ago and that was something that I never thought I could do but this year I was just like you know what I I can actually do that and um yeah so I think sports psychology is like you can be a really talented athlete but if your mind's not in it I think yeah it's you're at a loss so you were 56.2 seconds in 2016 and is 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 52 like a holy grail type thing 
Yeah, any th- anything kind of 53, 52, 51, any kind mm-hmm. of number, any 50 like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but to get, there's only been a handful of athletes, of Irish athletes who have gone sub 52. So mm. I can now call myself one of them as well. It's really interesting that you said that you thought you couldn't do it. Um, at what point do you realise you can do it? Is it when it, when it actually happens? <laughs> I think so, yeah. When I crossed the line and saw Sophie Becker, 51A3, I was like, oh my God, I've, I've finally done it. And then once you do it once, I think you're kind of like, well, I've done it once, like surely I can do it again. So I, you need, yeah, I think so. Right, very interesting. Like, I mean, because that kind of leads to the next question of what else do you think you can't achieve? Because, I mean, you probably can achieve it then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, reverse psychology, is that what we'll call it? Um, yeah, like, look, I the goal over the next few years, obviously Paris is in 2024 and I want to be on that team. I was in Tokyo last year with the mixed relay, so I really hope I'd love to be in Paris um, on the relay again, but also individually and, you know, advance advance through the rounds. Like, once you're there, anything can happen. That time would have got you to a semi-final in 400 metres last year, I think. Possibly, I actually, <laughs> I actually don't know that. Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, so, yeah, look, that's promising. It's another two years away, so hopefully, I can chip away with it, chip away at it a bit. That mixed relay last year, I'm not sure if you saw it, Johnny, was was the highlight of the athletics uh, section of it. Like whoever came up with that idea, it's just an absolute genius. It was it was so fun to watch. Mm. Um, to, like you're you're doing it again in Oregon, obviously this year for the World Championships, you've been uh, selected on on that team. Like I mean, this like, I'm not sure is it something that you can actually practice as as a whole? Is it something that you kind of you're focusing yourself a little bit more? The mixed relay kind of is, is something of an afterthought, or or how do you approach that now, having seen the success that you got in Tokyo? Yeah, I think it's definitely not an afterthought because the success, like you said, it brought so much success in Tokyo and it shows like if you do focus on a relay, you can get. Yeah. We were the first Irish relay team ever at an Olympics, never mind an Olympic final. So I think if you focus on it, you can definitely succeed. And um, it's the same again this year. Um, it's like it's cool though with the relay because the panel is constantly changing. You know, people are running faster. Someone mightn't be running as well this year. So it's constantly changing. Like the relay team that ran in Tokyo, it's different this year than the one that's going to be in Oregon. So it's nice, you know, you're running with different people. Uh, But I think the main thing is you do individually want to be running well because that will mean that you get on the relay team then. So I suppose, yeah, you are looking at how you're running individually because you know it's going to benefit the relay then. Just in terms of young athletes, like is a scholarship model effectively the way to go in that it gives you that kind of opportunity to? I mean, we've had chats here about how difficult it is for athletes to actually just sustain themselves financially and so on. And, you know, as particularly if you're young, I presume like some kids out there they're going to gravitate towards different sports but like he or she might realise I'm actually a 400 metre runner here so how do, how do we kind of how do we marry that up going forward in Ireland do you think? Yeah I like I it's it's a tough one um, because athletics I suppose athletics is a much smaller sport in Ireland compared to football or rugby or anything like that like you could have some amazing 400 metre runners playing GAA mm. or something and they just don't know it like I think schools have a lot to like if maybe athletics is encouraged more in schools yeah how do you like how yeah. young do you get that because like you know I mean David Clifford I, I presume could have been an amazing soccer player or whatever but like you know even even with cyclists are, are loads of different sports that like I, I think it, it must be key just to get people at a very young age trying everything yeah. and seeing you know because yeah. like say like how does the average girl end up running 400 metres you know like 
that's yeah. what I'm kind of wondering yeah like I suppose just even using myself as an example mm-hmm. I did I, I was thrown into everything when I was growing up I had no skill though when it came to like football or hurling or anything like that so I suppose this process of elimination I was fast so I ended up doing um, <laughs> really running. yeah yeah oh god shocking like I that's can't mad. keep the ball to save my life <laughs> Isn't it mad? Like you're you're an incredibly high performing athlete, but sport just wasn't for you. Free yeah. sport, that's yeah. mad. Like yeah, so like there yeah. could be, but that's the thing. Like there could be other athletes or other say girls even, for example, who are like oh, I'm I hate sport. I'm so bad at sport, but they haven't tried athletics or swimming. Like I think a lot of the time in schools, maybe it's kind of sold that it's just GAA kind of and mm. um, that or GAA and like ball sports that are the only way forward whereas like there's so much more out there so look I don't know how like uh, teachers are under so much pressure as it is they're doing so much but like maybe guest speakers kind of I think coming in to talk and inspire people like I'm just looking like at, yourself yeah like I'd <laughs> happily I, I am up that. for grabs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sneaky plug there yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah I think when I was in first year like if I had an athlete whatever like swimmer whatever coming mm. in like I was you know at that age you're so easily influenced and you want to be influenced in the right way so I think definitely guest speakers is a way to go about it um, to but it's also the fact that like you know there are a lot of kids out there who are struggling confidence wise and when sports when you become good at sport it can change everything you know and there are lots more sports out there than I mean imagine if you just never took up running like yeah. you would have just been oh she wasn't great at camogie whatever do you know and look at you now I know exactly because I did start off playing like um, camogie and football and like it was great you know on a social level but I suppose for my confidence I was like I just can't I'm left handed as well so I put that into the fact that I couldn't hit the <laughs> that I couldn't hit the ball but I don't think that's a good excuse but I'd be coming home like I just can't hit the ball like with the with the hurl and I'd be so deflated whereas like yeah, maybe if there was another sport out there at the time. Like, when was your eureka moment in terms of, yeah, I could actually run here? Um, like, pro- I didn't grow up being like, I want to go to the Olympics. Like, mm. I, I was always just doing running. I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, I might medal here. I might run a PB here. But I suppose, like, my eureka moment was probably when I was going to the Olympics, maybe. Um, like, no, I, I'd say, yeah, maybe... Two years ago, I don't really? know. Yeah, so you're like uh, 22 at that stage. Yeah, yeah, That's 22. Mad. Yeah, like I was making, I was going to say, like I said, I went to my first championships at 21, but I was just kind of there going through the motions. I wasn't really like, oh, I can do this. I deserve to be here again. I suppose a confidence thing, you know, working with Jesse kind of mm. helped build that up as well. So yeah, it's only kind of been a recent enough um, revelation. And it was just pure luck that you happened to lift us in an athletics club at home. Like, is there a, is there a, a, an alternate universe here where you're living somewhere else and it was just a GEA stronghold and they had nothing else? Um, yeah, no. So there was, there was a small athletics club um, in, near where I live and it just... I think I was just begging my parents could I go and give it a go like because you know it's school sports days I'd like won them and stuff and I thought it was great running winning them so um, I suppose yeah I was like I'm fast let me let me join that like I think there is athletics clubs (laughs) scattered everywhere they're obviously just not as popular as um, you know your Gaelic clubs your soccer clubs it's mad how niche this is as well that like you would struggle over a thousand and you'd find that like just too long oh. like 400 metres is as you say 52 seconds and it, like there's something for everyone there really isn't there yeah. like oh absolutely like it's just even when you said a thousand metres like uh, you remember in lockdown when we had those 5k's that people were being tagged in the fear I was terrified that I was going to be tagged in a 5k because I <laughs> wouldn't I'd be walking it and then you had to post your time they'd be like Sophie Becker's after taking two hours to do a 5k like what's this about 
So like, yeah, no, there really is something for everyone, which is great because like, I think in most of their sports, you know, there's like one kind of body type or like one thing that's like suited to it. Whereas in mm. running, like you can have literally every build, every size, every... Well, it's mad. Uh, Annalise Murphy's gone mad in cycling now, like, and she's taken to it like a proverbial duck to water. And... Uh, so she would do a lot of the routes that like a lot of my mates would do and you'd be like looking on in envy at how she's just taken to it like that from sailing like but um, I, I find that fascinating that there are so many things out there for people that's like I always, I've always made this point about horse race as well if, if you put 50 kids on, on a horse for a week I'd say half of them would just fall in love with it but they just don't do it and there's so many things I think as parents are so important that you need to encourage your child to try things and you'd never know where it'll bring you like because the, the average person is not going to become like an athlete do you know what I mean yeah no and like even look you might as a child you might do athletics and you might be like look that's not for me but I think the skills that you pick up in athletics like even mm. just like coordination mm, like, yeah stuff like that like I think nearly every child should just be thrown into athletics and if they never do it again that's grand but I think just the basis for every other sport we uh, with Tom Barron a few years ago and uh, we got him to analyse Simon Zebo's running technique <laughs> and uh, I think I think Simon Zebo's was like absolutely the best of uh, the Munster players and even then it was kind of imperfect like mm. it's incredible to think like the extra yard of pace that you could teach to even GA players in rugby and I hate to bring it back to ball sports again here but like it just well, benefits everybody if, if yeah. there is like, like say Cl- Clifford's goal like last weekend like that's just you can't deal with that pace like and it's like if you could get another one percent on that yeah. with the actual mm. um, mechanics that I'm sure you've been taught from a from a young age then um, it just benefits everybody in in all different ways yeah no exactly and I think some like say rugby and GA coaches are kind of zoning in on that now like mm. I know. Uh, my coach Jer, he's working with a rugby team he's been recruited to work with a rugby team just to do simple like sprint drills uh, mechanics and stuff like right. that and like they've already seen an improvement that's in mad it. Yeah. Like, so w- would your coaching be different to Phil Healy's now like would, th- would there be little nuances there yeah like I think um, my coach and Phil's coach are very good friends so like mm. they kind of it's kind of the same basic plan but there'd be little things you know she'd be stronger in one area I'd be stronger in a different area so we'd like focus on different things our plans would be quite similar but then there could be another 400 meter runner whose training plan would be completely different like mm. there's no like set set way of doing it and even saying that like my training has changed so much over the years like my coach discovers oh this actually works really well for Sophie this doesn't work like it's kind of trial and error learn on the, the job yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Really interesting. So, uh, next couple of days, Morton Games. One thing I wanted to circle back to is that, what is it, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, you're running tomorrow night. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because I remember um, the the final of the mixed relay in Tokyo. That was like, that was really in the middle of the night, Tokyo time, because it was at two o'clock in the afternoon here. It was, it, you didn't have to get up in the middle of the night here to watch it, basically. Mm. How do you deal with that long uh, lay into a big race? Yeah, like, kind of, uh, I suppose this season, a lot of my races, I raced at half ten a few weeks ago. That was crazy. Um, um, I, I think I'm not too bad in it because I train in the evenings most of the time like my training sessions would be 7, 8pm so my body's kind of already kind mm. of zoned into that um, a lot of napping I'll probably nap right. for a good bit tomorrow as well and uh, just take the day slowly it actually passes by quite quickly but um, yeah I suppose I kind of have developed a bit of a 
strategy, not a strategy, I suppose, just a way that I kind of deal with my race day at this stage. And do you become a 400 metre runner then or do you have scope to say, you know, I, can, I could evolve into something different or is that, no, this is what I am now? I think this is what I am now. Mm-hmm. There's no, you, you found the niche, yeah, like. You won't see me going over hurdles or being a 400 metre hurdler or anything like that. Like I, Why not? Um, my coordination, like I said, is <laughs> it's horrific. That's the camogie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, no, we, yeah, no, we'll just stick to the 400 metre like I do I delve into 60 metres 100 metres 200 metres every now and again because as I said I did start off as a short sprinter so I do want to keep that speed um, mm-hmm. um, tapped into that speed I haven't unfortunately gotten a chance to do that this year I do like dropping down to the shorter events but hopefully over the next few weeks even I might get to do a 100 or a 200 something like that Okay, brilliant. Um, well, just a reminder then, tomorrow, Saturday, the 2nd of July, at Morton Stadium, we have the Morton Games, uh, Santry, 7 o'clock. Uh, tickets are only a tenner, by the way, and they're available at the gate with under-16s free. It's absolutely worth going along to, if you, especially if you haven't been before. So, Sophie's going to be there, Sarah Lavin's going to be there, Louise Shanahan, Andrew Cosgrin, Mark English, and they're all going to compete, uh, as Sophie said, against athletes from all over the world as well. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.